So Lena Waif calls into the Breakfast Club to talk to Charlemagne, and they appear to have talked for about an hour based off the information provided to us. Why is she calling into the Breakfast Club? Well, there's a growing number of people who are confused of the conflicting stories that are going on with the shy. Uh, by the way, the shy is uh, a television show that is on Showtime. And uh, this is where there are allegations right now from some of the members of the uh, staff there, members of the crew there, uh, and one of the uh, talent there that Jason Mitchell, the star of the shy, who also was on uh, the uh, NW, NWA movie, uh, Straight Outta Compton, uh, where he played Eazy E, uh, he performed some type of sexual harassment. Once again, this is all alleged. This is going back and forth in the media. There's been new articles surfacing. And normally on Black Equity, I wouldn't come on here and just go over another story that we just talked about. Uh, but there's new developments and there's interviews. And so we have to kind of look at it from all angles here. And so the first thing we would have to ask ourselves is why the Breakfast Club? Why why, why choose the Breakfast Club to come on? Uh, so we would have to understand the power of uh, the Breakfast Club. And who are they owned by, my friends? Uh, it's iHeartMedia. So we would have to understand iHeartMedia. We would have to understand who they are and what they represent. Uh, just so you know, uh, iHeartMedia is uh, under uh, Clear Channel Outdoor Holdings. It's one of the world's largest outdoor advertising companies. Why am I bringing this up? Why am I bringing up Clear Channel Outdoor Holdings? Well, it's important to understand uh, that uh, underneath them is iHeartMedia. Underneath iHeartMedia is The Breakfast Club. So you have to understand that the Outdoor Channel, uh, Clear Channel Outdoor Holdings uh, is uh, revenue of 2013. The last information posted here was $2.9 billion. It's a $2.9 billion company uh, that is over iHeartMedia. So what I really want to know is how many listeners... You know, how many listeners does the Breakfast Club have? Because I want to understand everything before I get into the real juicy stuff of the conversation. And by the way, if you haven't heard the conversation with Lena Waif and Charlemagne, it's on YouTube. You can it's on the Breakfast Club YouTube. You can pull that up and listen to that before this conversation, or you can listen to this conversation, then go listen to uh, that conversation. Uh, there's nothing. I don't think either one is, is going either uh, order is going to affect anything. So how many listeners does the Breakfast Club currently have? Well, let's look it up. Let, let's let's find out. So I'm, I'm Googling how many listeners does the Breakfast Club have and what comes back to me? What is the information that Google wants to tell me? The Breakfast Club is the most listened to syndicated urban contemporary morning show in America. It has uh, 4 million. Uh, this comes from the source.com. 4 million weekly listeners. 4 million. And it's syndicated in 80 markets. 
and heard in 150 countries. So if you have an issue uh, with uh, the urban market, which everybody in our community hates that term, uh, basically black folk, uh, I hate that they would call it urban because black folk are not uh, segregated to just an urban society. Black people exist everywhere. But hey, at least we understand the uh, cold words that they're using. Uh, If you wanted to get your message out to the community, the black culture, uh, you would go to a place that has over a million listeners and has many markets as possible. And uh, from what it says here, they're the most listened to syndicated urban contemporary morning show in America. So that, my friends, is why we are here. That, my friends, is why Lena Waif is showing up on The Breakfast Club, calling in to have a conversation with Charlemagne, because in this society, having the ear of the people matters. Because whoever has your ear, oh yes, they have your heart. Truthfully, we've never had Lena Waif on the show. We've never sat down and actually analyzed her career or anything like that. So we have to at least give an understanding of what we're walking into before we get into some of the wisdom that was picked up during this uh, almost hour conversation. Uh, Lena Waif, we talked about her briefly a couple episodes ago. But uh, she's an American screenwriter, producer, and actress. She's known for co-writing and acting in the Netflix comedy drama series Master of None. Waif made history becoming the first black American woman to win a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series in 2017 for her work of Master of None, the Thanksgiving episode for which she won the Emmy uh, was loosely based on a personal experience coming out to her mother. She is a creator of the Showtime drama series The Shy. So that's, you know, when you Wikipedia someone, that's the information provided. But you also got to remember, she's also uh, the executive producer over at Boomerang. And she is uh, the uh, writer producer uh, on a movie coming up uh, called Queen and Slim. And so uh, some other things that she's worked on, she was assistant to executive producer on Girlfriends back in 2007. Uh, she was a writer on Hello Cupid. Uh, she was a staff writer on Bones. Uh, once again, she was on Master of None. Uh, she's also uh, been an actress or an actor in other shows as well, such as Dear White People, This Is Us, and uh, The Comeback, just to name a few. So I just wanted to make sure that we've uh, laid some type of foundation of who we're talking about here in case any of our listeners have no idea. But the reason why we're here today is the shy Jason Mitchell and uh, the allegations that are surrounding uh, the situation that have caused enough stir. I told you yesterday I came on here and I told you who has the most power on social media. I told you the piece of wisdom is black Twitter runs social media. Black Twitter runs social media. That was the wisdom yesterday. And here's the proof. Because there's so much steam, so much pressure from black Twitter, Lena Waif had to get her ass on the Breakfast Club and talk to these 4 million weekly listeners. 
And that's just, to be honest with you, when they say 4 million weekly listeners, they're just talking about radio syndication. We haven't even got into the YouTube, and uh, also they post a podcast, and they even are on Revolt TV. At least uh, they were. I haven't checked in a while uh, if they're still on Revolt. But we're probably we're probably closer to 5 or 6 million people per week that are touched by The Breakfast Club. And Lena Waithe made sure she showed up. On the Breakfast Club, on the telephone. She didn't show up personally, but she was on the phone talking to Charlemagne. Once again, that is available now on YouTube. Go check it out if you want to check it out before you hear my commentary. I'm going to give you today on this episode the three things that stood out to me. The three things that that, that just jumped out at me during this during this uh, conversation. Grab your coffee, grab your tea, grab whatever you need to. I'm about to get into my three points. Point number one. When Charlemagne says, hey, what did you do to rectify this situation? When did you find out about it? She says she finds out uh, towards the end of or at the end of season one. She was uh, um, uh, made aware by Tiffany. Tiffany is on or was on the show, uh, The Shy, and she plays uh, Jason Mitchell's girlfriend on The Shy. Okay, and so Tiffany says, hey, there's some issues I'm having on set. She talks to Lena Waif about it. Supposedly through this conversation that we're having with Charlemagne today uh, on The Breakfast Club, uh, Lena is saying, well, I knew about this, uh, you know, right towards the end of season one. And he asked a very specific question. He says, hey, you know, what did you do to try to rectify this? What, 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 were, you, what were your steps that you took? Her answer is, I hired a woman showrunner. I hired a woman showrunner. Let me say this. I love black women. I love women. I love people. I love everyone. This whole thing, this, this, this thing, is, this gender, there's a gender war going on. Okay, and it has to stop. So I'm, I'm here. I am letting you know this gender war thing has to stop. So the reason why I'm saying this, Lena Wave says, "Well, here's the issue that I had. You know, when I first came onto the shy, I had no power. I had no real power. That was really the whole theme of this hot, this entire interview. The entire interview was." I have no power and now I'm starting to get power within Hollywood and I will use my power responsibly. Wait, so let's back up a second. So you didn't have any power. And so you felt obligated to try to rectify the situation by saying, well, I'll go get a black woman to go handle this. You know, I have a woman showrunner and, uh, you know, I thought everything was solved. I thought everything was OK. So I went and got me a, a woman showrunner to run the operations. Here's the thing that's jumping out at me. This whole thing of, well, you know, we'll just put a woman in, in place and everything will be better is bullshit. Before, as a showrunner, she had a white male. And so she felt, well, maybe because I have a white guy there. Uh, you know, maybe that's why there's some issues going on. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, stop it. Your issue was never the showrunner. Your issue was Jason Mitchell. Allegedly. 
If if the problem is with this person, it has nothing to do with showrunner. You're saying throughout the whole interview that you have uh, you don't have any issues on your sets. So the issue was never the showrunner. I'm glad you hired a black woman. I'm, I'm glad you did all that. But those are just appearances. Hiring a black woman doesn't do anything. It doesn't rectify behavior. And so we have to, in this culture, I'm calling it out, this whole thing of, well, you know, I got a woman to do it. Now, I do believe the black woman is God. But if you listen to the episode, I specifically said only if she knows she's God. So I don't know who this showrunner is, but just because you hired a black woman and then you said, well, a queer black woman. Well, what the hell does that have to do with anything? This whole thing of, you know, being diverse as being the answer to everything is bullshit. Hiring a queer black woman does nothing to rectify the issue. If there was an issue at the end of season one, then the issue should have been taken care of at the end of season one. The same things you're doing now at the end of season two is what you should have been doing at the end of season one. So now I have to question, why are you in position? It was said during the interview. It was said during the interview. Charlamagne made a, a point to say, you know, the shy is such an important show. We need we need a Lena wave. We need a Lena wave. Do we? I'm just asking the question. I think this is a fair question to ask. Black Twitter holds all the power. And motherfucker, I'm on black Twitter. So guess where the power is today? Do we need a Lena wave? Or do we need more people in position with high character who will take care of things when they can? But then when you push on that, when you push on that, they'll say, well, I had no power. I'm just now starting to get power. Here's my issue. Here's the, here's the, the piece of wisdom. Here's the, here's the first piece of wisdom that is that's jumping out at me. You always have power. And the, the moment you start talking about you had no power and somebody else makes all the decisions. You don't need to be in position. The second thing that jumps out at me here after being blown away that Lena Wave came onto the Breakfast Club talking to over four million listeners saying I had no power. Now, here's the second thing. Here's the second thing that confuses me. Now, I don't know the dynamics here. This is, matter of fact, this isn't even a piece of the wisdom. This is just jumping out at me as I'm talking. Why is Charlemagne handling the interviews? If this is an issue about sexual harassment, why isn't Angela Yee handling this interview? Why isn't Angela Yee handling the interview? Why is Charlemagne handling this interview? Why is he trying to, to position himself as someone who was standing up for black women when Monique specifically told y'all about him at the end of her interview with him. And we specifically did a, a whole episode with Charlemagne surrounding black women. That's just a nugget for you to think about. 
But we'll leave Charlamagne alone on this episode because he did a good job on the interview. But I'm just, I'm just wondering, going into this interview, why would Angela Yee not have that interview? That seems a little odd to me when we're dealing with black women being mistreated in the entertainment industry in which Angela Yee is one of the biggest voices in said industry. Wake up call. Here's the second wisdom. Here's the second thing that jumped out at me. After someone tells me that have no power, then they start telling us how powerful they really are. You know, you know, I had no power, but, you know, I got the boomerang going on. I got this going on and I got that going on. But I, I thought you had no power. Well, you know, back then, you know, I was just getting in. Oh, so when you were just getting in, you felt like you had no power. But now magically you have power. So where is this power coming from? Where is this imaginary power coming from? What, what has changed in the last three years that have now allowed you to magically can walk in this power? What power do you now have? Oh, oh I get it. When you say power, you mean you didn't have any money. Oh, you think now you got money, you got power? But then you say later on in the interview that Showtime at any time can get rid of me. They could choose Jason over me at any time. You also said, here's a second wisdom, everyone. Here's the second piece of wisdom. I don't own the shy. I created it, but I don't own it. Excuse me? So basically, you have no creative control over the, the very thing you created? I don't trust that. I don't trust a creator who doesn't control their creations. That's bothersome to me. That Showtime controls your entire operation? But now you're starting to get power. What does that mean? You should have had power from the very beginning. You had power from from day one. You had power and you gave it away. You always have the power, but you gave it away. You decided, OK, I'm going to create this show. I'm going to get on. Ooh, I'm going to be on Showtime. Ooh, I'm going to make some money. Ooh, I'm going to be uh, executive uh, creator of this show. Ooh, I'm going to do it all the way I want to do it. Oh, I'm in the game now. Oh, but Lena, in order to do that, we'll just need you to sign over the rights because you won't control this project. Everything will be handled by somebody else. Uh, uh, well, sure, sure. Have my show. Have my show that is talking about Chicago. Sure, you, you control the rights to the stories that happen on, on uh, the, a show called The Shy that is so near and dear to my heart. It's so near and dear to my heart that I'll just give away the right so then you could d- decide to get rid of me at any time as the creator and bring on somebody else. That's what you're telling me, Lena? You're telling me that you've put yourself in a position to where if they had to choose between you or Jason, that if they had to, they would choose Jason. That's what you said in the interview. I'm just... I, I'm just a little confused.
So you put yourself in a vulnerable position to basically lose it all. And so in order for you to protect yourself, now everybody is saying that Jason Mitchell is the, the, the wrong person. He has to go. He has to go because I have to protect myself in this situation. And so you jump on the breakfast club. You decide to protect yourself and say, I did everything I possibly could. I got a, a black woman showrunner. The showrunner was never the issue. The showrunner was never the issue. The behavior of one person was. It had nothing to do with being a man. It had nothing to do with being a woman. It had something to do with being a faulty character. It had something to do with having faulty integrity. This whole bullshit about, you know, well, I got a woman to go handle that. Or, you know, we got to be, you know, we have to listen to our women. I'm not saying that's wrong. Of course we have to listen to women. We also got to listen to men too, damn it. In this situation, where's Jason at? I would love to hear from Jason because all y'all throwing his ass under the bus. And I have nothing. Nobody wants to hear from Jason. Now MTV has decided, well, we're just going to take away any award that he was going to be nominated for. Did he not earn that nomination? So now magically we don't nominate people because we don't like them. This is all, it's all baloney. It's all fake. It's all, it's none of it's real. You don't take away nominations because you don't like people. We, we won't even nominate him. And so now you're basically going to try to blackball him. Charlamagne says, will you ever work with Jason again? No, I'm not going to work with Jason again. And why won't you work with Jason again? I couldn't, I couldn't work with him and put money in his pocket. I stand with women. You stand with women no matter what, Lena? What if the woman is lying? What if she's making anything up? Now, I'm not saying it's, it's relevant in this situation. But these blanket statements that you're running onto the breakfast club about is bullshit. And the fact that nobody's calling it out and the fact that Charlemagne didn't say anything is bullshit. It's all bullshit. And we all know it's bullshit. You, you came on the breakfast club to save your ass. You came on the breakfast club to try to control the narrative. You came on the breakfast club because you knew it was four million listeners. Because if you really wanted to have a conversation, you could have sat down with any reporter and put it into any newspaper and got it over with. But you wanted to make sure your voice was heard because black Twitter was on your ass. Black Twitter was on your ass and that leaves me to wisdom number three. The third piece of wisdom jumped out at me the moment she said it. The moment it came out of her lips. Hollywood needs to be a safer space for black women. Hollywood needs to be a safe space for black, a safer space for black women. Now y'all know I love my black women, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pause the tape. I gotta, I gotta push back. No mother suckers, all y'all, all y'all mother suckers in Hollywood, listen to what I'm saying right now. Hollywood does not need to be a safer space for black women. It needs to be a safer space for all humans. This gender war shit is stopping right here and right now. 
Y'all are y'all are y'all are playing footsie with gender wars. Yes, Jason Mitchell is a black man. And yes, he may or may not have done something towards a black woman. So in this situation, black a black woman should be heard. But if Jason Mitchell had moved on a black man, he should also be heard. If Tiffany had moved on Jason Mitchell, then he should be heard. Mother sucker, everybody should be heard. What are we talking about here? The gender war thing. See, the reason why y'all are bringing gender wars into it, so it plays better on the radio. Y'all are playing gender wars because it, it moves better on the radio. You know, uh, Charlamagne asked, well, what would you, what would, what would be advice you would give J- Jason? Well, he need to get some help. Help how? Because you said earlier in the interview, you don't know what the issue is. I'm confused. When, when Charlamagne asked you, well, you know, what exactly are the details? Well, I don't know. I don't have the tea. You don't have the tea. But then when, when it's time to work with Jason in the future, say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting any money in his pocket. I stand with black women. I stand with women. So now this, is a, this, this whole thing is a, is, a, is a gender war. This shit ain't got nothing to do with Jason, even if he did do something wrong. It ain't got nothing to do with Tiffany. They didn't. They didn't spin this whole thing into a Me Too, into a uh, uh, Times Up, and about only seeing things from a woman's point of view. And I'm all for seeing things from a woman's point of view, but the moment you say, "Well, what about all people?" Well, we're not talking about all people now. We're talking about protecting women. Well, damn. I'm all for supporting women. I'm all for being there for women. But at some point, we want to be heard too, damn it. At some point, when, when does all people get uh, some, some love and respect? When a black man came forward and said he was violated in Hollywood, all y'all laughed at him. And said, well, you got muscles. You, should, you, you know, <laughs> you should be able to handle that. But the narrative is sticking it's it, it, it staying put. What happens is these people get on phone calls and they, they have their affiliations and they have to say, I stand with all black women. Good. But do you stand with people? Because when you're working on on your set, are you only working with women? Are you only going to hire women? Are all your shows only going to be women? Because the same way. Uh, you said your your first show runner was a white male, and let's say he was doing something wrong, and your second show runner was a black woman, a, a, a queer black woman. Your words, Lena. That same black woman could violate another woman too. So what happens? See, this is what's going to take the cake. Here's here's uh, something to think about. Here's going to be the thing that, that, that makes everything connect. For anybody who's listening and they're saying black equity don't know what they're talking about, DJ, shut the fuck up. You don't, know, you don't know what you're talking about. Here's what's going to be the final thing. When a woman violates a woman, then what? When a woman violates a woman on set in quote-unquote Hollywood, then what? Then what's going to be the story? You can't just say I only stand with black women if black women are violating each other. That's where you lose the chess match. 
That's why you're going down the wrong road. And so the direction you're heading in, great, bravo. It sounds great for radio and it sounds wonderful. It's a really great cover up to whatever the hell's going on. You don't want to put money in Jason Mitchell's pockets anymore. You stand with Tiffany and you stand with black women and it's all sound bites. It all sounds good when you cut it up and then play it around the world. Great. But what the fuck are y'all going to do in Hollywood? When a black woman violates a black woman and you can't use the same sound bites anymore. And then when we play this stuff back two or three years later and we were asking, you know, what is really going on here? And you were talking about how black women need to be heard. What you going to do when it's a black woman against a black woman? And now you can't have your gender wars. The wisdom of the day is pay attention when people run on big platforms. Because when people run on big platforms, oh, there's so much truth in the lie. 